What we need in this season is a very fresh ability uh, to work with the ways of God. To, to not, not, not hold God back, not, 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 not stop what God wants to do, but actually learn how God moves and acts so we can be a part of His plans and purposes. First thing I wanna say, that is no longer the time to have a, uh, an opinion about God. What you need to know is what God is in the Bible, who He is and what He is in the Bible. Uh, don't listen to an internet series or, or what people say God is. You need to find the God. I don't want my faith in the God of somebody's opinion. I want my faith in the God of the Bible. And this year is all about finding the God in the Bible, who He is and, and how He moves and acts. So today's message is around that theme of getting us ready to work with God in such interesting season and times in history. So today's message is called, God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are not our ways. Understand that. God's ways are not our ways. There is a tension between humanity's uh, thought process and God. There's a, there's a tension about my way and His way. And the good news for you and I is that God's ways are not our ways. He is higher ways, He is higher. He thinks more, He sees more, He is more. Let's start with Isaiah chapter 55, verses eight and nine. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God speaking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I am glad that God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I'm glad His ways are higher than my ways. I look at history, I look at our planet and I wanna tell you, mankind does not have the answers for mankind. We need to rely on the one that created mankind, that's God through Christ Jesus. His ways are higher, His thoughts are higher. So it's important to know a little bit about God so we can move forward with God. Uh, we need to know not just His acts, but His ways. We, we need to understand how God moves a bit, how He thinks a bit, uh, how, he, how, he, how He works at some level. Uh, otherwise, we're going to miss His best or He's going to frustrate the life out of us. There are some people that need to forgive God because they got disappointed because God didn't come through the way they thought God should come through. Today, if that's you, leave it right here on the carpet, forgive God and move on. His ways are higher than our ways. You need to learn to walk with Him and to move with Him. If you don't, God can frustrate the life out of you. And it's great to see the acts of God. But it's His best when we know Him intimately and His ways. And there's a lot of difference between knowing what somebody does and who somebody is. You know their acts, but you don't know their ways. See, we, 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 we watch all the time sports stars. We watch celebrities, famous people. Uh, we know their acts, but we don't really know them in person. We don't know their ways. And for, for a life to be fruitful and even any relationship, you can't just know the acts of somebody, you've got to know the ways of somebody. If you want a successful marriage, it's no, it's no good just knowing the acts of your husband or the acts of your wife. You actually have to learn the ways of your husband and the ways of your wife. Now you might not understand it all, but you certainly do need to know the ways to make it all work forward. I, I, I look at how different men and women generally are. Uh, and in, in a successful marriage or relationship, you've got to learn their ways. You know, I, I watch women talk in conversations and their mind is generally so different to a man's mind. They, they, they speak like this. 
A-J-K-F-C-B-F-J-K-C. What do you think? And I go, which part? Of what? I'm not sure what you're asking here. Because men don't think generally A-B-J-K-F-C, they think like this. A, B, C. So that's a problem right there. So when you're watching the cricket and your wife says to you, hun, can you take the rubbish out? And he does not move, he's not being disobedient. He's going, A, wife's saying something. B, cricket on. C, I've got to do something, I think. You know, like, and there's such a difference. So to, work, to make that work, you've got to know the ways of one another. You know, like women, women go to, to the toilet and the restrooms in groups, like it's a social event. You're out at a restaurant and somebody says, oh, I'm going to go to the toilet. And all go, I'll come too. Are you coming? Oh, they all go to the toilet together. Men never <laughs> go to the toilet together. And even if we want to go at the same time, we wait till the other one comes back. You see, you, you've, to make a marriage work, it's not understanding how it all works, but knowing there are ways that people have. And you've got to understand their ways. You've got to know their ways. That's how you work with them in the journey. And it's the same with God. I mean, when Lee and I first got married, uh, she loved breakfast in bed. Her favourite thing was breakfast in bed. And so I'd, I'd make a breakfast. Now it's good, it's just a coffee or a tea. Um, but back then it was breakfast in bed. And, and she thought she'd be the good wife and do the same for me. And she started bringing me breakfast in bed. Like she liked it, I'd like it. Well, I don't like breakfast in bed. I have enough trouble eating at the table let alone on pillows in a bed somewhere. It's not enough to know what we do, we must know each other's ways. This is extremely important with God. So we must get to know Him and know His ways, His ways or you will get disappointed along the way. You will get frustrated. You will be in a place of not knowing what's going on. It's not understanding everything about God. You'll never understand everything about God. Why? His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than ours. So it's not that you understand everything about God. If God was so small enough to be understood, He wouldn't be big enough to worship. That's what makes Him God. He's God. And, he, he, and I don't understand things. I remember, and I just shared a few weeks ago in that series about a message I preached when I first started pastoring um, on fasting. And we were a small church, which is starting. And if one person made a decision for Jesus on a Sunday, we were excited. And somebody asked me to do a message on fasting. And I put a message together and I'm preaching it on Sunday and I'm feeling like the biggest hypocrite in the world. Why? Because I'd never fasted. And here I am preaching on fasting. So I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, the earth's gonna, I'm gonna die, it's uh, lightning. And so I'm backing out of the message real quick and I'm closing it down. And I made a very quick order call, like, man, who would like to give their life to Jesus? And eight hands went up. Eight people got saved over my fasting message. I don't understand that. I said, God, you want me to speak on fasting every week? I'm really confused with this. 
So God does things that confuse us. You won't understand him all the time. Remember the time I, I prayed for the guy's uh, knees in Papua New Guinea because uh, I thought he was lame and God healed his eyes because he was blind. <laughs> I'm going, thank you, Jesus, heal him. I can see. Oh, praise God. <laughs> it's hard to take any credit for that. So no, you, you, I don't understand God, but I, over the years I've started to learn His ways. And, and when you learn His ways, you don't get so frustrated because God, to me, God moves so slowly sometimes. It frustrates me. God, we've got a world to get saved. Can you, I've got an idea, can you hurry up? If this is the way you treat your friends, God. Uh, and then other times it's God, you move so quickly, will you slow down? I'm just a mere mortal. So I have this tension that I have to learn to deal with with God because I've got to know His ways. Psalm 103 verse 7 says this, God made known His way to Moses, but His acts to the children of Israel. So, so Israel saw the acts of God. They saw the Red Sea part. They saw the plagues of Egypt. They, they saw food from heaven. They saw the pillar of fire. Yet they didn't know His ways. And this is why Moses could work with God and lead them when no one else could because he didn't just see the acts of God, he knew the ways of God. And there's nothing better than seeing the power of God. Man, healings and breakthroughs, miracles, signs and wonders, I love all of that. But to go beyond this, to know Him is what He wants and what we need to follow God into our future, to know His ways. That's His dream for our lives, not to see the acts, but to know the ways. And I, and I can't tell you all the ways of God. That's totally up to you. You've got you've to find God in the Bible. You've got to find the Spirit of God in worship and in prayer. You've got to find God for yourself. I can't give you all the ways of God. I can't make you get close. I can draw you close to Him, but then it's up to you. But today, I, I wanna cover a few of the ways of God that He does that I need to be aware of so I can not, not, uh, not, not stop the move of God going forward, not get in His way, but understand this is what He does. These are His ways. So number one is this. God is always on time, but He allows divine delays. He's always on time, but He allows divine delay. It's a paradox. And I've heard people over the years say, well, God's a God of the midnight hour. And I'd say, well, if God got to me generally by midnight, I'd be really happy because that's early. Because most of the times that I wait for God, it's way past midnight. And it's like God is on time, but He allows divine delays. And I think this is significant because if we don't know the ways of God, we get frustrated by the ways of God. So your miracle mightn't happen straight away. Your answer mightn't come through straight away. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 11 through 13. This is about King Saul, who was the king of Israel at the time, and yet he doesn't allow for God's divine delay and it costs him the generations of kingdomhood. Uh, and Samuel said, the prophet Samuel, what have you done, Saul? Saul said, when I saw the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the appointed days. So what had happened, the Word of God or through the prophet Samuel said, I'll be back at a certain time. Wait, we'll pray and bless this and then we'll move on. Uh, but he doesn't wait. And he says, you didn't come within the appointed days and the Philistines gathered together at Michmash. Then I said, the Philistines will now come down to me on Gilgal and I have not made supplication to the Lord, 
Therefore, I felt compelled uh, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel, the prophet, said to Saul, you have done foolishly. In other words, God had a plan here and he, he, he's on time, but he allowed a divine delay because it exposed the heart of Saul. Divine delays expose our inner condition of thy heart. You see, don't get upset when you've got a plan and God doesn't move as quickly as you think He should. Don't get upset about that. God's timing is always better than ours, even though it never feels like it at the time. Never feels like it at the time, but when you look back, you can see the hand. Who's seen the hand of God later? You've seen it later, not at the time. You go, what's going on? Then it's, oh, that was good. God's timing is always better than ours, even though it doesn't feel like it at the time. You see, we like instant. We do. I mean, I still stand in front of a microwave and count the time down. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I know it's 30 seconds. Come on, hurry up. We like internet speed. We like immediate results. Bang! But God's timing has much more to do with what's in us and revealing the condition of our heart than getting something to us. That's more important to Him. In other words, do we really trust Him when it doesn't happen the way we thought? Do we really stick there even though it seems like it's never gonna happen? To God, I want you to hear this, to God, who you are becoming is much more important than what you receive. Who you are becoming to God is much more. See, God wants to bless you. He wants you happy. But at the end of the day, He wants you Christ-like. That's His ultimate plan, Christ-likeness. God is on time, but He does allow divine delays. The second thing I've learned about God over the years of being a believer is that we're to pray without ceasing. And that doesn't mean you have to talk all the time. It means you'd be in an attitude of prayer and communication with God. All right, pray without ceasing. But I know this, God does not talk all of the time. God does not speak to His people all of the time. Sometimes God is really, really, really quiet. And often it's when we need really big answers to really big decisions. And I have learned over the years, I've decided that God never tells anybody what to do. God leads us, but then we have a free will to decide. So God doesn't tell you ever. If you wanna hear God tell you what to do, read the Bible. But outside of that, by the Holy Spirit, He doesn't tell you, oh, do I need to do this? Yes, He won't do it. He'll lead you. And then you have to move in a certain direction. And then as you put your faith in Him, He directs your paths. He doesn't tell you yes or no. So be careful when you use the word God said. Be careful when people come to me all the time, Pastor Mark, God told me to do this. What do you think? What does it matter? If God told you, I'm done. He outranks me. You see, we've got to be careful. God does not speak to us all of the time. As a matter of fact, I, I, I've had to make some big decisions in my life and I've gone and prayed to God, God, what do I need to do? And honestly, there have been times when I've looked to the heavens and there's like a big sign on heaven that says, gone fishing. No one home. Work it out yourself. There's this sense of that God sometimes is really, really quiet. When I'm making the decision about leaving my secular job and going into full-time ministry, oh, the most frustrating time with God. Yes or no, I just want a yes or a no. Will I do that or no? And the heavens were so quiet. 
But be assured, because if God is quiet, it doesn't mean He's not doing anything. When God is quiet, He's still doing something. But He is quiet sometimes. Second, and this, again, if you don't understand this, you'll get frustrated by the ways of God. Second Chronicles chapter 32, 30, verses 30, 31. This is Hezekiah. Hezekiah is one of the great kings of the Old Testament. He was blessed of God and prosperous, right? Uh, this same Hezekiah also stopped the water outlet of Upper Gihon and brought the water by the tunnel to the west in the side of the city of David. Hezekiah prospered in all of his works. However, regarding the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, whom they sent to him to inquire about the wonder that he had done in the land, God withdrew from the good king in order to test him, that he might know all that is in his heart. I wanna tell you that when God is quiet, he's waiting for you to find out really what's in your heart, what you really think, what you really believe. Are you gonna move closer? Or are you going to move away? Are you going to dig deeper or are you going to give up? Because when our God is quiet, our true colours become apparent. Do we trust Him or don't we? Often when God is quiet, this is what it means, you don't need that answer yet. You don't need that answer yet. So trust me, God does not speak all of the time. Again, telling you this to make sure you're ready to work with God in the season ahead. Uh, third thing, is that God doesn't cause problems or challenges, but He allows it. He allows them. See, we live on a fallen planet. And understand that, that we live on a fallen planet. And on a fallen planet, terrible things happen. Things that are wrong happen. If you're looking for justice on planet Earth, you're not gonna find it. Our hope is not in our planet. Our future is not in our planet. Our hope and future is in Jesus. And the light comes to those who believe, not to the world, but to those who believe. That's our hope and our future. So we live in this, this planet that's, that's just, it's really crazy. We look at what goes on. You, can, you know what happens least on this planet? The will of God. That's what happens least. That's why we have rape, crime, drug abuse, wars. That's why we have tragedy, human trafficking. We have these things because it's a dark place and Jesus came to bring light. That was His death and resurrection to bring hope and light and those who believe can receive that. My hope's not in my planet. My future's not in my planet. It's in Jesus. That's where it's gotta live. And there will be problems and challenges. You will get disappointed. You will get hurt on planet. If, you're, if you've not got hurt in life, you need to get out more. Get it done. Get it, it's like when you get the brand new car, park it close to another one, get the first scratch on it, get it done. Move on. James chapter one, verses two through four. My brethren, count it all joy. Count it all what? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Why? Why should I count it joy? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may become perfect, or perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. Like I said before, God's ultimate goal is to form Christ in us. That's remember I, I spoke last couple of weeks back that we were to live, 
with the briars and the thorns and the scorpions, not outside of them, with them. And it says, find it all joy. But you know what the Bible also says? It says, the joy of the Lord is our So what that passage is saying is, find it all strength when you fall into various trials and tribulations. Because that's where the making of us comes from. Your, Your issue, your problem is not to crush you, it's to get you to step up into your potential and possibility. You will find various trials and tribulations that brings the best out of us. Count it all joy. Don't get disillusioned when problems come your way, when giants stand up in front of you, when the enemy tries to take you out. They are stepping stones to Christ-likeness. At the end of um, 2011, I was diagnosed with throat cancer and lung cancer. And and I know a number of people in our church are going through uh, health journeys right now. Uh, And uh, and I'm able to speak to them. I'm able to give them hope and faith. You know, I I went through a situation where I had treatment for my throat, radiation and chemotherapy. And then somehow God healed my lung. So the the, the tumour disappeared on my lung. So I had a mixture of, of science and God. And, and I had a couple of questions about that. It's like, well, if you can do the lung, why couldn't you do the throat? But I'm happy with the lung. A couple of questions. But I've got to be honest. I did like my old testimony better. Once I was lost. And now I'm found. I, I, I didn't need a new testimony. I was happy with the old one. But the point being is that I went through that because out of your test comes your testimony. Out of your mess comes your message. Out of your battle comes your victory. We are more than conquerors in Jesus' Name. And and the trouble with that statement is that if you're more than a conqueror, it means you've beat up something to get there. We are more than conquerors. We're gonna have battles in life. There are obstacles, there will be problems, there will be challenges but your testimony comes out of your test. And what happens? They overcome whom? The devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You push back darkness every time you overcome something. See, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations. See, peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of God. Don't think your problems are gonna go away long enough to find the peace of God you're after. You've got to find the peace of God in amidst your problem, in amidst your trial, in amidst your challenge, because that's where peace is found. We need to understand that life will come hard against us. But I've got good news to you this morning. It doesn't matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter what's coming your way in your future, your answer will always be found and start and finish in the name of Jesus. And maybe you're here today. You know, I, I remember the day I gave my life to Christ in a church meeting like this. And, It's the greatest decision I've ever made, there's no doubt about it. I I don't know where or what my life would be like without Him. I know the battles I've had to face and I I don't think I could have faced them alone. And I I wanna tell you today, it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been online, God's not angry, He's not mad. He wants the best for you. He's reaching out His hand of grace and mercy and love. The Bible says that if you believe upon Jesus, you shall be saved. And today, I'd love you to, I love this time right now to go, hey, opportunity, an invitation. Would you believe upon Jesus online or here in the building? I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but it starts with a prayer. And I'd love to pray with you right where you sit. When we bow our heads, close our eyes, and you say in your heart, you know what, I, I want to believe upon Jesus for the very first time, or I, I want to recommit my life. I've been away from God. I need to come back and make it all good again. And 
He's not, he's not angry, he's not mad, he's waiting. And I'm not praying with you, right, we seated, but to help me just know who I'm praying for, eyes are closed, heads are bowed, would you lift your hand, give me a wave, and say, you know what, include me, include me. Thank you at the back, that's a great decision there today. Others today, if that's you, would you slip your hand up? Thank you, sir, on the side, I see that hand as well. We're gonna pray for you in one moment. Others today, if that's you, quickly slip your hand up. Thank you on the side, that's a great decision over there as well. So look, one more time, from the, right at the back. Thank you, I see that hand up there as well. Looking one more time, we're about to pray. Is there anybody else to say, you know what, this is my time, my moment. Just give me a wave quickly, right? As I go right across the room one more time. Father, I thank You for the hands that went up. Though You didn't see them, You saw the hearts that opened up. And I thank You right now that You said You'd forgive us of every sin, every failure, every mistake, and remember no more. God, I thank You for the power that happens now that You love us so completely and tightly. We become sons, daughters of the Most High God. I pray blessing over them. And I know heaven rejoices when even one comes back. So I know heaven rejoices with these people. And so do we in Jesus' mighty Name. And all that agreed said, Amen. Let's give it up for those people today. Congratulations. Welcome to the family of God.